Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Anglers Happy Hour podcast. In today's episode, we chat with our good buddy, Gray Buck. We talk about bull sharks in the Chesapeake Bay, catching big smallmouth up north, and a pizza party that went terribly wrong. Stick around. All right, what's up, guys? We are coming to you remotely again. I'm in my cave. Rob's shaking his head because my voice sounds so bad. Um, hopefully, <laughs> just because of the microphone, he's in his truck, and Nick is in his garage, man. What's up? That what's is up, the uh, quarantine um, Angler's Happy Hour podcast edition <laughs> coming at you under another week. We have great, great uh, momentum and enthusiasm going into this one. So, is it <laughs> is it really that bad, or is it? Can we just go with it? I mean, let's let's go with it for a little while. Let's see how it works. I mean, our our loyal group of listeners, we got a new review. I don't know if Rob, you saw that or not, but someone was kind enough to uh, give us some love and then be like, but man, your audio sounds like garbage. But then he even revised and he's like, never mind. I realized that this is the uh, coronavirus era in the English Happy Hour podcast and he was cool enough to hook it up. So whoever that was, appreciate you being patient with us and uh we really, we have no excuse. I mean, we're on day like 35 and none of us have, of the three of us have had a chance to, or chose to learn how to do this better. We've got microphones, but we still can't make them sound good. So appreciate everyone being patient. Heck yeah. I did it what Nick said. Um, what, uh, what's been going on with you guys? I, I've just been kind of, I've done a little fishing and we'll get around. I got a funny story, but Rob, what, uh, what have you been up to the last couple of days? Well, first of all, I, I want to comment that Nick's obviously got one of the uh, hair clippers. He was able to find one. Oh, good point, man. Look at Dude. Yeah, that's, that's I was, sharp. Thank you, man. I was going to I was gonna razz you guys about it when we were talking to Gray a little while ago. Uh, spoiler, he's our guest this week. And then he'd be like, man, I, I just I shave my mustache. No one notices on this podcast. I shave my head. No one notices. I'm just starting Oh, I to noticed decide. right away. Right like you shaved it real good on the sides, dude. Well, and check that out, man. That is a receding <laughs> hairline. Oh, that's Josh not a mohawk. Would... No, that's not. Well, because it it stopped. If you didn't notice, that's a that's an outcropping of rocks. Josh would drop shot that thing if it was a if it was a lake right there. He'd be working the, the inlet on the backside of that. That uh, she don't grow there no more. But uh, yeah, we're, we're getting desperate here with clippers. Hey, my dude, hair I is need... out of control right now. Rob, are you going to get a haircut right now or what? Dude? dude, it's so bad. It's like, I mean, I'm going to look like Joe Dirt here pretty soon. <laughs> it's pretty tough. So Gray hair, Joe Dirt. Dude, that's, well, Joe just has matured nicely. When I, when I, when we made, I have been wanting to do this and I'm so mad. We did it at like 1130 at night. I really wish I would have molded it. Even though I didn't have enough hair to have a proper mullet. I could have Tiger King for a moment. I would have been Nick Exotic. At, at least for a photo, right? It would have been so good, man. And then I freaking forgot, and now it'll never grow again. Okay. Yeah, it's a perfect time to have some fun with that. I did that with my neck beard last week. I, I grew such a long neck beard. And I love wearing a uh, buff when I fish. But I, uh, I was just lazy, and I didn't shave for like a week. And my neck beard was so intense that the buff I was wearing, not the buff, but the face shield from AFCO... Um, Dude, it was it was bothering me so much the entire day when I fished, and I made sure the next time I fished, I shaved it the night before. Dude, Paul Tuttle Senior, you just gotta just gotta cut them in those handlebars down there. They they <laughs> warm your Adam's apple so nicely. That's what uh, you need to do, Rob. Dude, that's Rob exactly what I need to do. Start waxing it, right? All right, so I got to tell you guys this story, and I thought of it the other day. 
this happened to me a couple summers ago, or I guess last summer, but I have a neighbor that just moved out, and it reminded me. I wanted to Dude, is this the neighbor? The neighbor. He moved, man. The, the one nice. that you've had so much history with. Yeah, I'll tell you guys okay. the story. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I, pro, if I told you when this happened or not. But so um, this neighborhood that we're in, we've, we do, we've got some good neighbors, we have some really good neighbors. We have no bad neighbors, and that's the big key, right? We have none that are, uh, you know, uh, out, out all night or whatever. But we first moved in, and a few houses down, we, there was a family. And, and uh, let me start this by saying they're really nice people and extremely friendly. But they just had they had some very strong beliefs, and um, they were very pushy with their beliefs. You know what I mean? And it became apparent over time that like there just couldn't be a friendship if <laughs> the beliefs didn't align. And um, the the you know, just the pushiness it was just it was so intense that finally I just it got to the point of avoidance. Like we had had dinner a couple times, and we had been invited for multiple several other different types of things, and just had said no nicely but it was to the point where it was like when i go out of the house i'm getting to the truck quickly yeah, i'm not looking that direction that type of thing so uh, we've got another neighbor that um lives in one of the houses across the street and uh, actually a super cool guy like a um nice guy he's one of the few in the neighborhood that you like you see him out and then you you, you chat and you just kind of bs and and just whatever just nice guy well i'm, I'm on a road trip last summer at a tournament and I get a text from a uh, random number, and uh, it says, "Hey, uh, know you're out of town, so I just I went ahead and brought your trash bags, in, uh, trash uh, cans back yeah, in, uh-huh. so your wife didn't have to worry about it." And I was like, "Well, I don't know this number, but I'm assuming it's the guy across the street because he's the one I always talk to and he's cool." So I just thanked him, and I was like, "Right on, man. Appreciate that big time. You know, that's really cool of you." And like the the couple weeks later, I'm at the next tournament, same thing again. So I'm like, "Yeah, oh, that's cool. This guy's doing it." And I figured, you know what, I, 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 he must have given me his number at some point, and I just forgot to save it because I have the other guy's number down the street already saved in my phone. So um, long story short, a little more time goes by, like a month goes by, and I get another text from this number, and it says, hey, we're having a uh, pizza party. Do you guys want to come over and um, have a pizza party with us on Friday? Bring the family. And I was like, sweet. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, let's get, let's go. Let's get to know them a little bit better. They seem like nice people. So I text him back and said, "Hey, is there anything? If there's anything you'd like to drink, man, I'll be happy to bring it." And he's like, "Oh no, just bring pizza toppings, please." And uh, I was like, "Oh, geez, okay." Uh, <laughs> let's bring pizza toppings. I like to top my pizza with Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Spritz it on there with a spray bottle. <laughs> So uh, we, we get all these pizza toppings and stuff, and we load up on this whatever Saturday afternoon, and we head across the street with the family and knock on the door, and he opens the door, and he's like, hey, what's going on? And uh, I'm like, nothing. What's going on with you? And he's like, nothing. And then it's like awkward for silence. A minute, and then he's like, <laughs> come on in. So we come, we come into the house, and uh, – was the right house I take his it. wife looks his wife looks at us and she's like hi and gives us a really kind of a strange look that we're in her house and then like scampers up the stairs real fast and I'm like oh I wonder if we're early <laughs> so she tells, we walk in a little further and we make it all the way back into like their kitchen and she tells like hey can I put all this stuff in the fridge and she's got like the pizza toppings and stuff 
And uh, he's like, uh, sure. So <laughs> she puts all that stuff in the fridge. <laughs> and their kids are like, meander over and they're like looking at us like, what are they doing in here? And we go back and forth and I'm like starting to feel a little sweaty. Like I'm getting some cold sweats. Like this just seems a little weird. Getting and, real awkward fast. Yeah. I'm, so I'm like, how can I, I'm thinking to myself while we're carrying on this conversation, just BSing, like how can I ask this guy if he invited us for dinner the proper way. (laughs) Was this pizza party next Saturday? Yeah. I was like, is anyone else coming over? And he's like, uh, no, not that I'm aware of. And, uh, I'm like, shoot, that didn't work. Um, and so, so I don't know, dude, I don't know how we're in there for 15 minutes, just terribly awkwardly. And finally I just ask him like, Hey, did, did you invite us over for dinner or, or not? And he's like, uh, I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> Dude, oh, no. I'm freaking unbelievable. I'm just mortified. Like, holy crap. And Chantel. I couldn't even imagine. Chantel goes, Josh, you idiot. And, <laughs> and uh, we start laughing about it and stuff. And, and uh, But it, it's kind of like an awkward. It's still extremely awkward. And After like, this? Yeah, so I'm trying to play it off. I'm like, well, okay, I'm really sorry. Who Can we have our pizza toppings yeah, back? Yeah, who the hell invited us over for dinner? And like we're going through it, and and I'm like I don't even talk to anyone else in the neighborhood. And I got, you know, neighbor X over there. I got his number already in my phone, so he didn't text me. And in the meantime, that number's texting me like, "Hey man, uh, where are you guys? Like, uh, we're uh, we're ready." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, sorry, we're running a little late. Just about to leave the house." Dude, so how did it work getting your groceries back out of his dude, fridge? Yeah, same thing. Really awkward. We get to the door and I'm like, oh crap, the pizza stuff. So we have to go back and get stuff out of the fridge. That's hilarious, and dude. I walk out into the street and it's just like a hundred ten degree July day and we're sitting in we're sitting in the street and I'm looking in all directions, like whose house am I supposed <laughs> to be having at a pizza I'm party? <laughs> And I can't ask the name that I can't ask that number like who are you because I've already like agreed to go to dinner. Way I too should many know texts. who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So I'm like, which house is yours again? I can't remember. And uh, he comes shooting out of his house. Josh, Josh, it's over here. Josh, over here. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh it's, boy. So. <laughs> and it's that neighbor. Yeah. Now. So we have the walk of shame. We walk all the way over there, and I'm, what else am I going to do? So I just tell him what happened. Like, dude. Like I went to the wrong house. Like I thought I, uh, he's like, Oh yeah, I, I had changed the wrong my number. Saved. I didn't tell you. And, uh, I'm like, okay, <laughs> well that's definitely, you, you're going to take that's... a little blame for that, but I should have still again, before accepting a dinner rotation known whose house it was. Uh, but dude, so we come in and it's now it's very awkward in there. And his wife is nice. Cause you're late. I, I just explained the situation. I'm like, I didn't know the number went to the wrong house. And she's like, Oh, well, Hope you're not disappointed that it's our house. Oh my god, like, well, that's hilarious! You it. <laughs> Worst how did your other, how'd your other neighbor? I mean, like they got to laugh about it every time they see you, right? Dude, the they guy laugh, across the street. I'm, I'm not lying when I say weird? it's a little weird. It's much weirder than it was before that. I'm not. I'm not. That's kidding. hilarious. It's see, that's, that's hilarious. If that ever happened to me, I mean that. Once you understand the story, you have to just appreciate how funny it is. I don't know how that could have any lasting like imprint of weirdness on somebody that that's crazy and it, maybe it's me maybe i just need to get by it like i, I a couple times i've seen him at the mailbox and we're like hey dude are we having a pizza party this weekend 
<laughs> yeah, you want pepperoni or mushroom? <laughs> <laughs> and he'll laugh, but uh, dude, it was it was bad. I, I'm sorry to bring that up. That was such a non-fishing story. But when they moved out, it, was it reminded me of this story. I wanted to share it with you guys. In the so, so the the people who hosted the party are the ones who moved out, or yeah, the yep. other? Okay. Yep. Yep. So they moved out. I haven't met the new neighbors yet, but um, and again, just great people. But um, you know, just had had such different backgrounds and stuff. It just wasn't uh, wasn't a good the fit. Friendship wasn't there, uh, or fit wasn't there exactly. But um, yeah. uh, moving on, moving forward. The so Boyd's challenge that he brought up last week, Rob, for the the yes. set deal. Yeah. So his challenge was, and and you guys were doing this when you're on the water. Can you flip to a bush or a tree or a close target, feel a bite? And say, did I feel a bite? Or I felt a bite, and then set the hook. Um, I went out and did it. I tried it. I was filming, and it was it to me. I think all the like tournament pre-fishing I've done, shaking bites off, made it a little easier. So I didn't have too much trouble with it. But what I had trouble with was actually landing the fish, dude. I freaking missed like three fish because I took so long to look at the camera and say, hey, I got one, and then I lost two more, and I finally just gave up after <laughs> two. I think something has to do with the stuff you're flipping through, like that mat on the surface, don't you think? That, that yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> like, like if it's a bush, they can freely swim with it, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're fishing in that mat, it just seems like it's a little more, it's a little more difficult. Instantaneous, to do it, right? right? Yep, yep. You're saying it's so. harder for you, or just harder, easier to lose fish? I think it's just harder for you to like. To I don't know. I just it, don't. Right? To call it, it seems like you. I don't know. Maybe the bites just. Who knows? I don't know. It just seemed it was hard to do it, to punch it through that stuff and and be able to call it and set the hook on them. So, That's who knows? It's kind of a silly deal, but it, at least it was kind of fun. Boyd got a kick out of you sending that video, so that was pretty cool. Well, it's cool. I, I say we just keep it going a little bit. I, I the the post yeah. I made got shared a bunch, and I had two people already send it in. Pat Renwick from Stray Cast. He's he's got another podcast, great podcast. He did it, okay. and uh, um. We got one more from my buddy Chad Lachance, and he's got a, show, a TV show called Fishful Thinker, and he he's got a whole highlight reel of him. He literally uh, he must have put this video before or something, but he's got a highlight reel of him going, "There's a bite, boom, got one." That's boom. awesome. And it's got to be that's cool. He's filming right, so he's making sure his camera guy is. I'm like, dude, that's not fair for a TV guy because like you're uh, you're got to make sure your camera guy is looking at you when you set the hook. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's cool. That's awesome, though. Pretty fun. So keep sending me, guys. And again, yeah, I don't, uh, I'll, I'll see if either of those guys want their package, their bait package. They probably have a lot of baits, but if anyone does it, I'll send you a bait package. So uh, keep trying it. Nick, um, I want to see yours, dude. Yeah, well, right now, I think it's going to require the magnetic. What's that game where the little fish spin around and you have like a little yellow pole and their mouths open and close? And I could do that and be like, oh, blue one coming up, come, got him. <laughs> If we could just get you to pull a trigger on a boat, I mean, your boat shopping is quite, quite entertaining. I, to be honest, the first boat you sent us is the, the one best. I think you should buy. It's yep. already gone, dude. Shout out to, uh, uh, I think it's Angler's Choice in Anaheim. They already sold a pretty sweet Ang- Ranger. Angler's Marine. Angler's Marine. Yeah, they, yep. uh, they, they, they sold it, and uh, to the new owner, I hope they have a lot of great years with it. But uh, Rob, you just need to sell me your boat, man. You got all these excuses. I just want, I want some of Rob's patina. I want whatever. Oh, there's whatever slimy patina. Put on that. There's now there's Boyd patina on it. So, See? dude, look at how fishy that. But he's got good luck, Nick. Boyd finished eleventh place, dude, in the Wild West tournament yesterday. You got to check. 
dude. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Look at the uh, the bloodline he's coming from. That's still awesome, man. And uh, I, I can't uh, was, imagine what a zoo. How many boats were in that thing? Dude, that I was such I was such a like nervous team dad. That I, I'm like the did team you show up with like signs? Team. Did you like hold them up there, at the yeah. so it's, ramp, like, that's Oh, of up. course I was because. So this is hilarious, dude. I'm in, in. They're gonna get roasted for this, and they very well should. I've got Boyd. He's 20 years old, and Clay is. I think Clay's 19. They're fishing together. Both baseball players, college baseball players. Neither one of them on the on the way to the lake. They're telling me neither one of them have, has ever backed the boat down the ramp. It's perfect time so, to learn. Oh yeah, 80 boat so, tournament. Oh yeah. It's anyhow they. Boyd said he was going 45 miles an hour up the lake, getting passed by everyone. So I'm, Props I'm to glad he's being smart, dude. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he's being cautious because there's no reason he doesn't have the experience to go hauling butt up the dude, lake. So. He's totally wrong in that thing. If you're not first, you're last. You just you need to <laughs> throttle down and hammer it. I'm disappointed to hear yeah. you're so conservative. You just need to. Yeah, Ricky I'm just Bobby stuck. I'm stoked for them. They they caught a limit and they caught one big one. Uh, they had like a four and a quarter. They caught them on spinner baits and top water. So kind of cool. Giant for Bartlett too, man. Giant like for Bartlett. Two percent of the population of largemouth bass in that league over four pounds. No doubt. Yep. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So, and you know what's funny is uh, Roy Hawk fished the tournament. Brett Height fished it. A uh, bunch of bunch a of big of hitters. Sticks were in cool. there. Yeah. Yeah, I talked to Roy. I hadn't seen him in probably 12 years, maybe even longer. It's a long time since I've seen him. So Great guy, just, huh? I love Roy. He's just the same old Roy, you know? So pretty cool. The cool thing about Roy is, and he's one of my roommates on tour, you don't, you wouldn't know if he won the tournament or finished last when you talk to him. Dude, you know he's, I mean? he's the same guy. And he, he's told me that. He's like, you can't let that define who you are as a person. That means nothing to who you are and how you should act. So props to him for what, being that way. What, what a great attitude because that's very tough to do. It's not easy to do. Oh, yeah. A lot of dudes, a lot of dudes, I mean, you don't win very often, and a lot of dudes puff their chest out like they've done something, and you lose quite often. And a lot of guys get pretty down and out about it, you know? So, yeah. yep, dude, he must be I a agree. Buddhist. I like his, I like his, how he rolls. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, he's a classic. Yeah. So. Well, we got a great. I don't think we've touched on uh, who's coming up behind us here when we finish our ramblings on. Man, Gray Buck, what a cool, what a cool interview he was. Yeah, Gray's an awesome guy, and I didn't introduce him yep. in the actual interview. So to talk about him a little bit before we uh, swing it over there, uh, I met him first uh, maybe six, seven years ago, five, six, seven years ago on a fishing trip back east, and uh, at the time he was a local tournament fisherman, and since then he's, I mean, his career on in fishing has taken off. He. Uh, He's won a Bassmaster Open. He's won, I think, four BFLs, including, I think, two BFL Super Tournaments, which is like their regional championship. And he's been very successful on the FLW Tour now. So for a young guy from Pennsylvania, that's pretty impressive. You know, we talked about it last week. When you come from the corners of the country like that, it's hard to be versatile when you travel around and fish all these different bodies of water, you know, like a Florida or a, the Northeast. And he's been one of the the guys that's been able to do that so far yeah but it's cool kind of like what rob just said about roy hawk too like humble right like super super down to earth super humble not at all braggadocious or anything like that like impressive and that's the those are the type of guys you root for right i mean like you see them for sure like yes i'm glad he won you know Mm -hmm. not so much oh (laughs) he won that's why no one's ever glad when i win because i rub it in their face (laughs) <laughs> like slam my rod down and yeah, yeah, I point yeah. at him and I'm like, I'm number one. 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> so I have uh, no fans. One follower. It's my mom. <laughs> Hilarious. But we had a great time chatting with uh, with Gray. And uh, before we send it over, actually, you know what? Let's just let's send it over. We'll uh, we'll send it over to Gray. Hope you guys enjoy the interview. And uh, yeah, here's Gray. Till next time. All right, guys, we're recording. Gray, uh, what's going on with you, man? Just hanging out at the house. I've been uh, kind of doing some work, getting um, an area leveled off. I ripped down an old building that was on our property. I'm going to build a new pole barn for my boat coming up here. Um, doing all the site work, then I'll have a company come in and actually put the building up. But it's going to be a nice 24 by 40, so I'll be able to fit my boat in there. Nice, plenty of room, squeeze the truck in there, and get all my tackle out of the house finally. Dude. Oh, yeah, what a pain that is. And, and so for the listeners, great. Uh, you're in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Yeah, I live about 45 minutes northwest of Philadelphia. So, like, I'm out in the suburbs. We're kind of starting to get out in the middle of nowhere where we're at. Cool, man. You got some land? How much land are you on? We got an acre and a half. We moved here in October. So, it was it, timing was actually really great. Um, it was the day after I got home from the Bass Open up on Oneida when I won was uh-huh. our settlement date. So I won Saturday and then I came home Sunday and Monday we had settlement. Heck yeah. Wow. Time that better if you tried. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. So it's really helped out with getting everything set up here and um, kind of getting everything settled in how we want it. And when did That's you get awesome. married, dude? Uh, what was that? 2017, October. That's been, so, wow. It's been a long time. Time just flies. I thought it was much more recent than that, man. Yeah. <laughs> No, my wife and I, we met, I guess I was a senior in high school and she was a junior. We went to do different high schools. So we've been together for let's be like 12 years. So it's been a while. I just, I took a while to get my fishing career off the ground before I decided to uh, get married there. Props. <laughs> and, and his wife, guys, she loves to fish. Like the first time I met those two, uh, they were together. We were actually, uh, we're, uh, have a mutual friend, Justin Lucas, and uh, we stayed in a little cabin on the St. Lawrence River. And uh, Grant is, uh, at the time, girlfriend came up. And uh, they were whacking big fish all week. It was a fun week. Yeah, absolutely. No, she does a lot of fishing with me. Um, she actually fished when we went to Penn State together. She was my uh, team member. We came in second place in a big tournament up at Champlain. Um, she doesn't do as many tournaments as she used to, just because I'm gone so much. So when we go, it's usually just for fun. We spend a lot of time on the Thousand Islands. That's about five hours from our house. And she just loves catching smallmouth. But... We actually went fishing locally. I don't do a whole lot of fishing in Pennsylvania. It's not real great for, uh, they're small lakes, so you can't use a motor, basically. It's all trolling motor only. But we went over last week to, well, it's about 2,000 acres, and she caught her first five-pound largemouth. And she's got tons of five-pound smallies, but her first five-pound largemouth, so that's kind of cool. That's killer. Yeah. I think I saw it on your Instagram, man. So I thought it was on the bay or something like that. No, huh? No, no it's just a little... Uh, it's like, like 2,000 acres or so, and he's got a troll motor around. It was like the third cast of the day, and um, it was right after it poured all day, and it, right before it got dark, we had about two hours of light, and she snagged one right away, and we never actually caught another one that day. Dude, Just, who cares? It, it yeah. was so muddy. I know. We were so excited. She's like, I think I got one. She's reeling this thing, and it like, tried to jump, and it rolled over, and it was awesome. Ah, man. So it's up. So, uh, real quick, let's go back, dude, because, and this is, again, this is on me just having a terrible memory, but I thought, did, did you, now that you're a successful Bass Pro, dude, but before, when I met you, you had, like, a kind of a crazy job, didn't you? Didn't you have, like, a kind of a, a different, I don't want to say weird, but a different, really different job? 
Um, I worked for a pond lake management company. That, so that's we did. Yeah, yeah okay. we were doing like fish shockings, and um, we did some like vegetation control on like smaller ponds and that stuff. So like residential stuff, like neighborhood yeah. ponds and stuff like that. For the most part, um, we did some lakes that were up in like the Poconos, which is like the mountains like near us that were they're old swamps that they would dam up, so they're only okay. like four or five foot deep. So a lot of it, you'd have to like cut a path out for like them to get to the lake because otherwise it was just all stump fields and lily pads. They would never be able to move. That's actually cool. a really cool job and not weird at all. I thought it was like collecting golf balls in ponds or something like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's a that's what Byron Velvic used to do. That's what maybe that's where it comes from, dude. Yep. Was he successful at that? He did well. I mean, he used to. Um, I stayed with John Murray at Byron's house years ago, and his entire garage reeked of golf ball or golf pond scum because every night he'd go out and and pick up balls out of golf courses. It was incredible. What does he do after that? Like he would wash them in a washing machine and then he would sell them. I've bought plenty of used golf balls, you know, over the years. I mean, a new, uh, you know, if you're talking the best golf balls like Titleist Pro V1s, it's 60, 70 bucks for a dozen of them. So if you can, you know, get some old man that hits one in the lake that's, you know, only been hit three times and you can buy them for $2 a ball. That's sweet, man. What was funny, the time we were staying there, this pond was receding. So every day it would drop like a foot so he could get out further every night. And he was like sneaking in there to do it. It was so that's how it was. He was like a ninja. I was gonna say, how do you get that agreement? Okay. No, there was no agreement. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard of ninja fishing on golf course ponds. I guess I get like ninja golf ball retraction as well. Yep, that's. I'm sure he he was making a ton of money doing it. It was pretty funny. That's cool. Dang. Uh, And Gray, what did you, you? So you went to Penn State. What did you major in, man? I was environmental resource management. So. It was going to do something. I wanted to always work outside. Um, I never really knew if I could actually fish or not, so I just always loved doing it. And It was actually the year I was up in New York there with you guys. That was the first year I fished, like, the BFLs. And after being up there with you guys, I won that super tournament. The two-dayer up there, I had, like, 50 pounds. Gray Gray goes out there in an 18-foot skeeter out (laughs) into Lake Ontario. For two days small water, right? And catches fifty pounds worth of smallmouth, dude, in two days. It was wild. Tell, yeah, tell that's us a little bit about it, man. All right. So the first day, I went out there, and there was one spot that I had fished with Justin, and in practice, I had one day of practice, and I went out there. I caught like two that were like four and a half off, and then I just left. I was like, that was cool. And I had one other area that I found that had like a couple threes on it. And other than that, like, I didn't know what that guy was going to do. Like, You're just going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I went there. I had this, I drew this old guy. He was, had to have been like 75. And he's telling me stories about how he like, he had a heart attack and he like died on the operating table. <laughs> and then, he, oh my. and then, he, so like, I was like, took him out there. And it, was, yeah, it was probably two, three footers, like in the morning. It wasn't bad, but it was, I had an 18 foot boat. So it was a little rough. And he just kept telling me, he's like, oh, it's okay. I'm. I'm not worried about it. He's like, I already lived, or living longer than I should have already. Like, he, he's like, I'm not my maker. They brought me back from the dead. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. That was 100% what he, I guess, how he was Borrowed felt time, about. man. But that was until I think I had like 22 pounds off this spot. And I had one small one, like, it was a small four at that point. And I was like, I just wanted to get rid of it. But the waves were getting bigger. And then he started, like, getting a little nervous, you could tell. And, um... I finally caught another one. I got up to like 23 something and we start running back in 
I pull up on a point that I never fished in my life. I caught a six one, oh. and I pulled up on another spot right out in front of the boat ramp. There's a rock pile out there I'd found, and I caught a five and a half. So I had twenty six fourteen the first day of that tournament. Wow! And like. I had never caught fish like that. I still haven't caught them like that up there. No one catches fish like that. It's ridiculous, man. No. And so the second day I go out there, and it was pretty flat, but the wind had changed directions, and I had no experience out there. I didn't know what that meant. And I pulled up on that spot. I caught, like, the 23 pounds off pretty well, pretty quick, and I caught one four and a half in, like, four hours. <laughs> they had moved, and... I didn't know where they went. I still don't really know where they went, but I pulled up to that spot that I caught those threes off in practice and the screen was just lit up and it was 10 miles from where that other one was. So it wasn't the same school at all. And I had 24 pounds in like 20 minutes of dropping down on them. It was wow. when you, when you're meant to win, you just win it. There was no way to stop it. That's crazy. It's amazing to see what the wind did to both of those spots. Like it, it completely made him vacate one and then it, it absolutely lit the other one up. And uh, I mean, was the wind, I don't, I guess the wind could blow into any side of, was the wind blowing more into that other one that you went to and caught him on? Yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah. Cause it was a Southwest wind like you normally have up there on Ontario. And they was blown into that like underwater point, like way out there the first day and then it was blowing out of the northeast the next day so it would have been blowing off the end of it so that probably is what repositioned them the funny thing is like i've gone back to that point there then i've never caught them like i did there that day like i found you'll catch one or two and they'll be big ones but there's never been a school there i i check it every single time i'm there just because the whole history and memory yeah, now you have sure. to right yeah of course <laughs> but like, I've kind of figured out other areas out in the lake where they kind of move around depending on the wind, and you can kind of set up on them better. But it's it's just goofy. I, it's the best-looking rock on the entire lake, and they're not there every time. Interesting, interesting. Hmm. Nick, you taking screenshots, bro? Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, that was a lot louder than I'd anticipated. Trying to do a little something-something <laughs> for, uh, for the gram. Thank you for doing that. Always um, got to be on the gram. Right on. So what else do I have? Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to interject, dude, please. with a name like Gray Buck. Like, you said you weren't sure if you are going to make it in fishing. Dude, that name alone was a guarantee. Like, you were going to do something amazing. You are going to be like a bull rider or like a professional bass fisherman. You are not going to be selling insurance with a name like it's Gray Buck. It's a hard Buck. name, isn't it, dude? Dude, it's badass. Is Gray, G-R-A-E, like legit your first name, birth certificate name, or is that like your stage persona? Yep. No, that's stage a, persona. Yeah. It's <laughs> so badass. My mom, I guess, she had babysitted somebody named Grayson when she was younger. And then she was like chopped it up and kind of changed it to what yeah, she wanted. Grayson is no gray, dude. Like gray is, she deserves another hug for that because that's that's on point. <laughs> you know what? I got a one sponsorship this uh, past year. And the guy's like, yeah, as soon as I saw your name, he's like, I knew I was going to help you out. Like, he's like, there's no question about it. I'm like, well, I texted my mom now. I'm like, thanks. Dude, I don't. That's awesome. Name. That's so sick. Yep. Dude, thing, I don't doubt it. You could probably write like a self-help manual. You found a wife who likes to fish. You're named Gray Butt, dude. Like, you're, you're checking boxes left and right on like things that I'm admiring about you. That's legit. All the uh, important things. That's yeah. hilarious. No, this past year, I got to fish the classic from winning that opening when Mercer would announce me coming across he said something about he's either gonna be a professional uh bass fisherman or a NASCAR driver or something was his line dude you funny. nailed it right you could probably run for president too I mean with a name like that like you could get the Republican party fired I'd up that's legit yeah for sure. dude GB all the way oh man 
let's bring it back to Lucas, dude. Do you? Uh, so we're both super tight with him, and uh, we yeah. we'd like to give him a hard time. Do you have any uh, good stories about fishing or traveling with him? Like he gets fired up really easily, dude. Have you ever seen him yeah. really fired up before? Not really fired up, I would say, but I've got him like I had him sketched out the one time we were down at the Chesapeake. Um, Jordan Lee was down there too, and he had gotten stuck on a sandbar. I remember that. one of the. Oh, were you down there then, too? No, but I remember seeing a picture of his boat, dude. Uh, okay. High and dry. Dude, he was way up on there. He was <clears throat> sitting in probably six inches of water. And we run over there. We finally got over to where he was at. And Jordan's leaning on this motor cowling, standing in just the water. <laughs> and I can't, I can't do his voice, but it was classic. He goes, golly, I got my rig stuck here on the sandbar. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just the best Southern... That's exactly what he said. Dude, you can't rattle Jordan either. He's just like, whatever. We'll get it off. Yeah, 100%. That was like, I think it was 2015. So it was a while ago. And so Justin and I are like looking at him. We're trying to figure out if we're going to pull him off the uh, thing. Like the sand bar. Or we're going to like get in the water. So finally, we just both decided to jump in the water with him. We were going to pick it up. And when we get into the water, I go, oh, yeah, you know there's bull sharks in here. And he jumps back into the boat like <laughs> he got all like sketched out by it. And I was like, dude, dude I'm kind of joking, but like that could be. Like they steam down in the quiet in the Potomac, so it's all connected to the ocean. It's it's right there, dude. It's semi brackish, right? Yeah, I've never heard of them being that far north, but you know, whatever, probably fifty miles down there, they're in the bay for sure. Oh yeah. Dude, so. Justin, he's as city as Nick and I. Like, oh, we'd all fall for that. Rob wouldn't fall for it, but we would be. Nick and I would be the same way, dude. We'd be jumping back in the boat so quick. Rob would yeah. be like, they'll be more scared of me than I am them. <laughs> no, I'd be a, I, I would legitimately be afraid of bull sharks, trust me. <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. Old, Rob old school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you remember that old school internet video where that chick is fishing off a dock? And she's like, I think she's catching a redfish or something. And then all of a sudden, she's like dangling it out of the water over the dock. And a bull shark jumps out and just annihilates it. Like, it's a shark. You saw that, Gray, right? I did. Oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, that was good. That Oldie was, it did like a whole sure. flip when it came out of the water, didn't it? Oh, it was, so, it was an extreme, extreme yeah. like eat when it ate that fish she had caught. She yeah. lost her mind. It went completely viral. What, five years ago or something? At least. Yeah. Right on. Well, that's a good one, dude, on Justin. You know, t- talking about Jordan's accent, uh, the, f- the first time I was up north with, with Jordan, uh, we were in New York, dude, and we pull up to a boat ramp at the same time. And he, he goes, Josh, dude, I just got pulled over by a cop. And uh, I guess Jordan had been like, uh, he was tired. It was early in the morning, right? I and mean, he's driving to the boat ramp at 5.30 in the morning, trying to get first light or whatever. And he, like, swerved a little bit, I guess, or, like, kind of drove up on his shoulder a little bit. Just, you know, whatever. He just was a little tired and, like, swerved a little bit. Uh, just a, a wide-open country road. Well, there's a police officer behind him. He sees it, and he pulls him over because he's swerving. <laughs> and uh, Jordan's accent is so strong. The officer he thought he was drunk. He goes, sir, have you been drinking? I need to get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's guilty from being where you're from, right? Oh, yeah, we're in upstate New York. People don't talk like Jordan up there at all. Slow southern draw. So funny. So how did you guys guys get the boat off the sandbar? We ended up getting in there, and we had to pick it up from the back of the boat, and we were able to, like, just kind of keep wedging it and pushing it forward and getting them off there. 
Like, if you there's a back channel that cuts across the flat there on the Chesapeake, and if you knew what he was running across, like it's amazing he made it as far as he did because it it's all inches of water when that tide's low. Yeah, he was just going for it. Yeah, he just didn't know. (laughs) That was what it all came down to. Sometimes you're better off not knowing, right? Absolutely, especially Lucky's not stumps and stuff like a lot of the right. reservoirs down south have, like where you're going to tear your lower unit off. There, you're just going to get stuck on some sand. Yeah. yeah. So how's the transition been like, you know, growing up fishing in the northeast, and you've been doing really well on the FLW tour fishing down south, dude. What's what's your favorite lake down there, and what's your least favorite lake down there that you've been to? I'll start with the least favorite is just Florida in general. <laughs> right on. That's, up until you're this- not alone. Up until this year, I had, I think I was 0 for 3 or 4 go, trying to get a check down there. And most of them weren't even close. This year, I caught a 8-something the first day. So it jumped me way up there, and I ended up in the top 30. I forget what it was, 25th. Was maybe at Harris or Toho? Harris. Harris, right on. And I finished, that was the probably fourth tournament I fished there. And I've always been so against going to Griffin. Just, I didn't want to lose that hour and a half each way locking through and i finally just went there and just accepted that's where i was going to get the most bites and have the biggest a chance of catching like a decent bag and even just eking out a check like i was going to be happy going over there catching 13 pounds a day and i went over the first day and i caught like 22 because i had an eight pounder and then the second and third day i was able to catch right nothing special like 10 or something who cares after you catch that's how it works in florida right you catch one giant bag and then you just cling on for dear life after that (laughs) <laughs> yes exactly that's what i've always never been able to do is get one big bite down there so it that's my least favorite areas i guess to go my favorite lake that i've been to down south that i would just go stop at when i'm driving anywhere near it is lake lanier those spotted bass are awesome they are so much fun to catch they remind me of smallmouth it's are, are you are you a big electronics guy dude are you really big into paying attention to your graphs and fishing off your graphs yeah, with that yeah, being yeah. Your, your deal. Interesting. Yeah, no, fishing like up north, dropping on them. I love doing that and doing that with the spots. And then you can just take a little swim bait and just crawl that thing when we were there in March, the couple times we went, and just those big four and a half pound spots has come up and crunch it. That's it's crazy. pretty awesome. Crawling it on the bottom yeah. or crawling it mid, mid column? No, on the bottom. Like the water, honestly, don't remember what it was. It was probably, they weren't spawning yet, so it was probably mid 50s. And you would cast it get up on your points there and sit in probably 10 foot and you'd cast out in the like 25 and just bring it right up the bank there coming up like shallower and you'd feel them hit it and a lot of times they wouldn't get it on the first try they would just like crunch it which i didn't realize spots would do but then they would come back and eat it the second time as you kept reeling that thing it's pretty neat that's kind of swim do you see that a lot swim bait fishing we've talked about that on this on this show before uh do you think it's Mm -hmm. a spotted bass thing or do you think it's a swim bait thing I think it's a spotted bass thing. It could be. I'm sure it's a swim bait deal too, but they did that with like the drop shot, a shaky head. Like huh. they wouldn't always eat it the first time. It was just they would whack it and then you'd have to keep working it and they would eat it again. I saw the same thing at Lake Martin. Uh, what was that last month when we were there? So maybe it's a herring thing a little bit, right? I'm not trying to just oh. like make something out of nothing here, but like yeah. maybe they're so used to eating those bigger bait fish that they have to kill it first and then they come around <laughs> and eat it head first. Is that is that possible? That is possible. I don't know that. I've only ever fished a herring lake probably three times in my life, so I don't have enough experience to say that, but that could be exactly what they're doing. Gotcha. 
Right on. Um, Martin's a pretty cool lake, too. I don't think we've talked about that one on the show, but uh, that's a lake where you can legitimately go, and if you want to catch numbers, like, you could probably catch 50 bass a day uh, all year long, right? Yeah, no problem. That first day of practice when we showed up there, I bet you I caught probably 75, and I think I only had five that were over, like, two pounds, but there's just so many fish. on fire. Oh, yeah. So many fish. Yeah, between, like, a pound and probably, like, pound and three quarters, they're just everywhere and you would eventually figure out a little bit like i found some docks that had some bigger ones on it that they would get underneath when the uh, sun would come out and then i also had some areas i was fishing for spawning ones a lot same thing with taking a little i was taking that z-man diesel minnow and just crawling it on the bottom you wouldn't see the beds but they were spawning in between like four and ten foot and you would just cover a lot of water with it that way and that's how i was catching my like two and a halves nice and, and yeah yeah uh worked out good i guess huh yeah, that was another one. I've had three top 30s this year for the um, F- what was it? FLW Pro Circuit, it's called now. Um, so remember the name of your tour, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to say FLW Tour, but it just keeps changing on us. And, but, um, yeah, so it's been a good start to the year. And that one, I think I ended up 28th, and that's been my worst finish so far this year. Cool. That's a great start, dude. I bet you're going to get rolling yep. again. Yeah, I know. It, Ever since, I guess, Oneida last year, I've just been, everything's kind of going my way. I feel like I'm fishing a lot more confident than I have ever before. Like, it took me, this is my fourth year doing it, and before my first year on tour, I had never fished south of Virginia. So, like, when I showed up to those giant reservoirs, I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I could spend a full day in one of the big creeks there, and you would never cover, like, half of it. It can be an overwhelming feeling, man, for sure. It, it was, and I... When I first started doing it, I would try to find an area of the lake and kind of really focus in on that and try to break it down so I knew what I wanted to do in that area. And I've gotten to the point where I can cover a little bit more water and kind of space out more now, just having confidence to go fish areas I haven't in the like practice and just go fish. Like A lot of them, you can go pattern them and figure them out that way. But it's I think it's a lot of it's just I finally got that experience is why I'm doing better this year. Yeah, probably so, dude. I mean, it's... Dude, fish... Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, fishing with confidence is everything, right? Like, it, it just snowballs. You get you get a little taste of it, right? You start, for whatever reason, believing more or thinking less or whatever that combo is. And it's a beautiful thing when you got it. It's, it's amazing what momentum does for you in fishing. Whether you're just, whether you're fishing tournaments or whether you're a, a, a fun fisherman, that you start get you go out, catch some fish, and you actually, like, that confidence is, is no different. Uh, no different so dude gray this is going to be uh it's going to be a challenge for you dude because you got to keep that momentum through coronavirus man if you can keep it through the this pandemic you'll never be stopped man <laughs> truly ice will be in your veins <laughs> dude so what are you doing to pass the time just sitting there i know you said you're, you got a project going to build a shop you uh you you uh binge watching anything you, you you've been tiger king and i assume like every other person on planet earth Oh, yeah. I finished Tiger King a couple weeks ago. Um, I just finished Ozark. Okay. That was awesome. I yeah, can't wait for the next season. Yeah, and it's it's happening. It better happen if they can ever get together and act again. That's very true. Yeah, no, that was awesome. Um, I guess my guilty pleasure, I watch Survivor every week. Nice. <laughs> wow. Gotta have one of those throwbacks, dude. In our house, you know, I got little kids. Ours is Kids Baking Championship, and we always laugh because, like, dude, these you are You don't have to have little kids to watch that, Nick. Dude, Rob, oh, Rob you guys... likes it. Nice. 
<laughs> Actually, my granddaughter likes it, so we do have little kids. But yeah, we've watched a bunch of that stuff. It's so cool. funny, man. You watch these like nine to twelve year old kids that can absolutely throw down in the kitchen. I mean, they're making these like mind blowingly complex desserts and looking good. But that it's funny you take for granted their skill set, so they they make mistakes because they're only nine years old. And it's funny because you find yourself being all critical. And I'm like, what an idiot. Like, that dumbass forgot to put butter in that. And then you're like, oh, wait, that kid's in third grade. Like, let me let me back off on my – I wouldn't have even known to put butter in that. So, like, what am I doing here judging this guy? But we all got to have some kind of guilty pleasure. They don't know fractions we- yet, so they struggle with that. Dude, but then there's, like, nerdy kids that have it all memorized. So they'll be asking, it's like, how many cups is this and that? And the kid just looks at him and be like, you idiot. Like, you know, four sticks of butter is three quarters of a cup. And it's, it's just like, <laughs> and you get like a lot of weird personalities. You get like introverts. And then like, I don't know. It's a, it's worth, it's worth a binge or two. We're on season seven. That's how long this damn quarantine has been going on in our house. So what if some of these kids' parents like don't cook at all? Get out. Just, like <laughs> having frozen meals and stuff. Just desperate. And, and they, 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 well, yeah. And the kids just come out like that, dude. The kids just figure it out on their own. Pretty out of necessity. Right. Cause yeah. they're already eating frozen pizzas. Well, this is local, but Rob and Josh, you guys know some boroughs, right? Yep. Yes, for sure. Yeah, so Shame. the the grandson of the founders was on season one. And that kid's in there just like whipping it up. He made so one of the things is dessert imposters, where they like make foods that look like regular foods out of dessert. And he made a dessert tacos, and uh, pretty good, pretty good. So the son the son of the founder was an ASU baseball pitcher. Oh, really? Yes. Yep. Geez, it's like Arizona Dynasty. They Restaurant are. Owners. Are they just in yep. Arizona or are they countrywide? Just it's Arizona. I yes, I think some burritos. So, Gray, when you come out here and get your uh, sunburn on, we'll feed you some burritos and uh, show you <laughs> show you around. Oh, nice. I love Mexican food. It's my favorite. Is it Dude, right have, you ever, have you ever been out to Arizona? No. I was when I was like 14. We did like a family trip that went out west. Um, okay. But my wife and I, we're doing a trip to Utah. We're going to do like Arches, Canyonland, Bryce. Awesome. Didn't you just travel uh, west not too long ago? Yeah, in the fall, we went out to Yosemite, Kings Canyon, and Sequoia. So awesome. each year we try to do a big uh, national park trip. We nice, hike man. a lot, or what do you do on these trips? Yeah, we do a lot of hiking. I'll bring a fly rod. I'll go try to catch some trout when we're doing it. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know enough to catch a couple. Uh, we went to Yellowstone and Yosemite the year before. Oh, I'm sorry, Yellowstone and um, the Grand Tetons the year before. That was awesome. Like, there's so many fish out there; anybody could catch them. Dude, yeah, that... yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, is, Nick's the fly fisherman on this podcast. We've we've made him oh. that since he's not much of a not not a very good bass fisherman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, and, and no one, most like 99.9 percent of our listeners, I think, are bass fishermen. So it's easy for me to look like I have credibility. Little do they know, I have like a a fly rod and reel combo that I bought at Bass Pro for 40 bucks, but I'm the resident expert. Don't we, mind me. We threw him a question about hatches one time, dude, and uh, his the look on his face was like, whoa, crap, dude. I was like, <laughs> so the bug. A question like that. So the bug hatches, <laughs> floats on the water, and gets eaten. <laughs> it's about as much so as How did you know. learn how to fly cast, Gray? Um, what, what, uh, I guess I, was, oh, I had a pond growing up. And there's bass in there and bluegill and all that. So that was where I originally just, my grandfather brought a fly rod over that he had laying in his basement. And I was catching them on that. And I got some, like, more actual, like, guide training when we went out to a dude ranch when I was 16 in Colorado. Colorado. And that guy, yeah, he was able to, like, 
show me what the heck I was actually doing. Cool. So that was like really where I Dude, got Dude, it's a that. really fun way to catch fish, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's frustrating because I feel like I, when I would say I walk into a fly shop, there's 4,000 little flies that all look the same to me. And I'm, yeah, I know they all make a difference. Because I went in there, I was like, so you bass fisher? I'm like, what's the Senko of fly fishing? <laughs> That's a woolly bugger. You're good. Yeah, probably so, right? <laughs> yep, so. But, dude, it's so nuanced. And, and bass fishing isn't any different, right? Like, you could be that overwhelmed if you looked in Josh's garage, probably your garage, as just like a, a beginner, maybe not even a beginner, just a, a fisherman who's not, you know, well adapted to the bass world i mean look at all the different techniques look at all the different tackle when do you use you know a soft fiberglass rod versus a stiff graphite rod versus a worm hook versus you know what i mean like that's so nuanced and it's very similar in that world too yeah no great point i mean to know like and we stuff that you take for granted but as a bass fisherman gray you could probably uh, look at look at so many different types of baits like a certain crankbait that dives a certain depth or a, a worm and you would just like you'd be like oh obviously i'd use a four inch there you know mm-hmm. like a five oh. inch would be crappy to use in that situation and like a, a newer angler would you know that would wouldn't make any sense right a crankbait's a crankbait right just like a dry fly is a dry fly or a wet fly is a wet fly you know it's like oh Yep, no, exactly. And that's, I think that's what kind of makes the fly fishing fun too, is it's something completely different. I'm not hundred percent comfortable doing it. So when you actually catch one on it, I don't care if it's four inches long or if it's 18, like it doesn't really matter. It's just fun catching the natives out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I dude, you'll it's... love, sorry, Josh, you'll love that trip through Southern Utah, man. That's a, uh, that's beautiful. Josh, have you ever done that? I'm sure Rob has. I have not dude. Rob, have you? Yeah. I've driven through there quite a few times. We've stopped at like Bryce Canyon. I've never done the hiking, which I would love to do that. It'd be, it'd be pretty cool to do. There's Southern Utah is about as gorgeous as it gets. It's phenomenal. It's crazy. You'll have a great time. The traffic is gnarly. You're going to travel like two miles per day, but man, it's, it's killer. It's killer. Yeah. Yeah. We're going in October. So it's like early Uh October. So we're hoping the school traffic's not going to be there. It's usually when we try to do our trips. Dude, and usually it's like Little Asia for whatever reason. Like the Grand Canyon in Southern Utah is like they must have like a direct flight from Wuhan, China to Sinai National Park. I don't, I don't get it, but it is you will you you will brush up on your Cantonese. That's for sure. Well, great. Yeah. When you come down, it's it's give yourself a couple extra days and come down and fish with us, man. We'll uh we'll meet you somewhere, uh you know, ha- Havasu or something somewhere uh on the way down. I guess Havasu's not on the way, but keep that That's, in mind. Yeah, I can make. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I would love to. Havasu's one of those places like I've always seen on TV. I've always wanted to go to. Like, it's there's something special about that lake, man. The water's got like a unique color, kind of like the water at St. Clair, how it's got that aqua blue look. Like Havasu yeah. has that mesmerizing looking water, and it's just like it's in the middle of one of the most barren deserts in the country, and it's just an absolute oasis. It's the Colorado River running through there. So, uh, it's, it's dude, Josh, cool. you started to describe it as mesmerizing, and uh, there's other things that are mesmerizing at Havasu besides the water clarity. I thought maybe he was going that way. If you idle the channel by the uh, London Bridge, you'll you'll see other things that are mesmerizing, and it's not the water clarity either. So all all aspects of Lake Havasu um, will not disappoint. My mom sure. listens to this podcast, Nate. 
And, and I did a good job of, you know, politically correctifying that. That was at least PG-13. He's talking about, yeah, the actual bridge. Uh, okay, yes, uh, the bridge. Before we let Gray, you what's your... Oh, go ahead, Ron. Go ahead. I'm just curious, what's your local uh, tournament like? What, what's close to you? What, what would you call home? Uh, I guess the Chesapeake's the closest place. It's about an hour and a half from my house. Um, okay. I definitely don't know what the best. Like, Oneida, that's about three and a half. I know there very well. Thousand okay. Islands I spend a lot of time at. Uh, Potomac. But. Okay. Is it crazy to fish somewhere where George Washington floated across in a canoe? <laughs> I've always thought that's pretty crazy about that part of the country. Yeah, there's a lot of history here. There's a lot of old barns from the, whatever, 1700s and around Dude, this Dude, probably area. as he was on his frigid ride, he was thinking, he was like, man, this would be a pretty good spot come April or May. <laughs> yeah, he was ready to go flipping. <laughs> right, yeah, he's like, I could see one setting up there, setting up there. <laughs> right on. Uh, well, hey, uh, what, uh, what are gas prices like over there right now? Because we're... You, you see everyone paying a dollar for gas, and we're still paying two fifty out here. What's it like in Pennsylvania? Yeah, we're still a little higher too. We're like two nineteen was what I paid the other day. A couple places around, I saw still over two dollars, but we're getting closer. That's it's not a dollar nine or whatever my buddy out in Arkansas is paying. That is, I mean, it's nice. It's going down, man. And I, you know, I'm definitely jealous of the people in the middle of the country. I mean, you could literally go fishing for like twenty bucks when it's a dollar nineteen or whatever. That's the only good thing we got going on right now is cheap gas. I saw, I saw a classic. I mean, the world is just full of funny memes right now. But you guys probably saw this too. But it was like the weekly budget, and it's like gas zero dollars, <laughs> like entertainment zero dollars, groceries one thousand six hundred twenty four. Yeah. Like. <laughs> We have all this cheap gas, all these amazing things. It's like, oh, man, you can't even freaking go out and, and utilize it. Gray, you probably live um, – there's a lot of energy development out where you are, right? Is that is that natural gas country where you're at? I know Pennsylvania is a big gas state. Yeah, I'm south of that. But okay. if you go up an hour and a half north, you get into the mountains and all that. Right. The northern part of Pennsylvania, that's where okay. it's all at. It's big. Yeah. So that's funny. It's ironic that you could live – I mean, obviously, natural gas isn't what you pump in your car at the – at the gas station, but to live in a state that's just like pumping out energy resources and then still paying like double what other places are. It's, uh, uh, yeah. The road tax out here is just ridiculous is what they get you with all the gas. And our roads are still terrible. It doesn't matter. Well, they were uh, built in the 1700s, man. I think George Washington <laughs> did that right after he got off his canoe. <laughs> well, this is spiraling. So, uh, uh, we'll let you go, dude. Um, man, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, anyone you want to, uh, thank, uh, before we, before we, uh, let you, let you roll. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was a lot of fun. And, um, as I've been home, I've been putting out a lot of YouTube videos. So if anybody's looking for some fishing content, it's gray buck fishing and Hi, typing man. on Instagram and Facebook, gray buck fishing. Yep. Yep. G R A. A E, cool, yeah, brother. yeah, he's a, he's an <laughs> awesome follow, guys. He uh, he's on the water, and you you can learn a lot from watching his uh, his channel, and really uh, just fun to watch too. So again, thanks for coming on, dude, and uh, good stories, and uh, hopefully we get you again. All right, sounds good. Whatever you guys want to. All right, brother, we'll talk to you soon, man. See you, Greg. Thanks again for listening to the podcast, guys. Greg was awesome to talk to, and we wish him luck in the remainder of the FLW season. Thanks also to you for sticking with us through this quarantine time while we're having to come to you remotely. We can't wait to get back together again and do this in person, but um, this is something that we really enjoy and we're really thankful to get together once a week and uh, talk fishing with you all. Um, We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great one.